Tonight, have you been seeing what's happening on the Justin Trudeau campaign trail? Or is it really as horrific as the mainstream media is reporting? It's Monday, August 30th, 2021, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government the why is because it's my bloody right to do so. Oh, the humanity! Have you been seeing what's happening out on the Justin Trudeau campaign trail recently, folks? What was supposed to be friendly photo ops with the PM and his adoring superfans, well, that's morphed into scenes seemingly lifted from The Walking Dead with Trudeau, the former part-time drama teacher, running away from the zombie hordes played by the, oh, Canadian electorate. This federal election version of monster chiller horror theater kicked off in White Rock, BC last week, and my colleague, Matt Brevner, well, he was there to chronicle the action, namely everyday people running out of their houses and making a beeline towards Justin, not to pose in a selfie, mind you, but rather to loudly voice their displeasure. Here, check out the footage, and whatever you do, kids, don't forget to put on your 3D glasses. You're a local. You live in the White Rock area? Yeah, yeah I live in White Rock, yeah. Okay. Are, are you a homeowner? No. No. Okay. So, how can you be? How can you be these days? <laughs> I think this guy basically represents, who, he's a drama teacher, okay? And he has absolutely no uh, place in politics of, here, here. Of, of a city, not to mention the country, you know? Here, here. Is there a way in which this, you feel this administration has let you down or that you think they've done great? Um, you should almost feel embarrassed asking that. <laughs> Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, our vaccine passports here to stay, sir. Vaccine passports disproportionately affect black Canadians, sir. Black Canadians are disproportionately unvaccinated compared to Caucasian Canadians. Vaccine passports create a two-tiered society, sir. Sir, will there be religious exemptions? Will there be religious exemptions for vaccine passports, sir? Sir, will there be religious exemptions, sir? Do you think that it's insensitive? to call a snap election when there are Canadian armed forces dying in Afghanistan, stuck in Kabul, sir? Do you think it is insensitive? Wow, that looked like that old Twilight Zone episode, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, but it only got worse for Justin Trudeau. For example, he dropped by Bolton, Ontario on Friday for a campaign stop. It was actually called off due to safety reasons? What the? But yes, folks, somehow people heckling the PM is akin to a downed live wire or a swarm of killer bees on a rampage. And so it is that Trudeau never left the comfort zone of his big red liberal campaign bus. We're deep, deeply sorry, folks. Unfortunately, for safety reasons, this event will no longer be taking place here today. Thank you all so much for your support, for everything you're doing. Our top priority is always everybody's safety. So please, safely make your way home. Thank you very much. And just yesterday, 
Justin's Mr. Wonderful tour dropped by Cambridge, Ontario. The brave PM actually ventured out of his bus this time without getting scared by his shadow, a la Wyerton Willie. But one thing remained delightfully consistent, and that was the hostile reception. Indeed, there was more booing taking place yesterday in Cambridge than what one observes at a New York Mets game these days. And I am so proud of the way we worked together. I'm so proud of the way that our government was able to stand up for people here. And you know what? We did it. We won. You guys are still able to export to the United States on privilege. Wow, that's harsh. But that's all it is, harsh. It's not violent. It is not a crucible of danger for the PM or anyone else. But just check out the media spin cycle. It's gone into overdrive. Check out this Canadian press story headlined, there is fear out there, with the subhead being another Trudeau campaign stop targeted by hecklers. Written in a bewildered, how can this be style, the article notes how, quote, an angry crowd of agitators surrounded Justin Trudeau's campaign buses and screamed profanities at the Liberal leader during a campaign event Sunday in Cambridge, end quote. Uh, first, a correction, folks. Trudeau has only one big red bus. The other big red bus, well, that is almost identical to Justin's set of wheels, but it is for the bought and paid members of the media party, Justin's official state-sponsored stenographers. Anyway, the tone is set in the article, isn't it? These Canadian demonstrators are not merely protesters, but rather they are agitators, and they are shockers, screaming profanities. How odd when the Marxists who comprise the rank and file of Black Lives Matter or Antifa assemble and do such things as, oh, you know, tear down statues or set neighborhoods ablaze or even throw haymakers. These cats aren't agitators, but rather they are mostly peaceful protesters. <laughs> Funny that. The Canadian press story goes on to note that one of the crowd members hurled a racist slur at a black officer in Trudeau's security detail and a misogynistic slur at a female officer. Um, we're all adults here. Is it too much to ask what the racist and misogynistic insults were? But no, that is left up to our imaginations. Maybe putting those insults into print might cause for yet another unsafe situation when it comes to Snowflake Nation. Now, full disclosure, I don't think it is proper to use racist and sexist slurs. That's certainly not my style. But in the aftermath, the Prime Minister himself was asked by the almost fainting members of the media party to weigh in on the racist and sexist insults. Seriously, the trained seals imitating journalists actually thought that Prime Minister Justin Blackface McGroper Trudeau occupies the high moral ground when it comes to racism and sexism? Uh, give me a break. And as for the headline, there is fear out there. Gee, was that pithy copy meant for a story on the Afghan interpreters and their families? 
you know, the people that the Justin Trudeau liberals have abandoned in Afghanistan. Now, that's fear with a capital F as the barbarians who comprise the Taliban go door to door looking for our allies to torture or behead or hang from a lamppost. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say barbarians? How culturally insensitive of me. What I meant to say, of course, was brothers. But the disbelief regarding the media party members pertaining to these hostile receptions speaks volumes, doesn't it? Justin's their boy, after all. He's siphoning millions, and in the case of the CBC, billions of taxpayer dollars to pay these media hordes off. They can't believe that anyone would have anything disruptive to say about Justin Trudeau. He's so lovable, and what a head of hair. Wonder what shampoo he uses. By the way, that was an actual question posed to the Prime Minister by a CTV reporter a while back. What shampoo do you use? I swear. And so it is that the media narrative is now pursuing this theme. Who's paying these protesters, these agitators? That's right. These Canadians you see venting their anger are obviously paid actors, right? Well, my advice to the rank and file of the mainstream media is this. Just because you are on the take, that doesn't mean everyone else is on the take as well. Just consider this. Maybe these are justifiably emotional Canadians who are at their breaking points because for almost two years now, they've been told to exist like hermits. They have lost their jobs. They have lost their businesses. So yeah, they are justifiably really pissed off to the point that they are shockers espousing profanity. These people are in no need of a sugar daddy to cut them paychecks. Their anger is real and genuine. And it should be noted that calling this election in the first place is a driver for this anger. For way too many months now, we've been told to hunker down to defeat COVID. We've been told to cancel weddings and funerals. We've been told to not visit loved ones in hospitals or long-term care facilities. We've been told that playing sports or going to the gym cannot be accommodated. Those are the stuff of super spreading events. And yet Justin Trudeau says, well, to hell with the pandemic when it comes to an opportunity to snag a majority government, a majority that was completely unnecessary given that the NDP's Jagmeet Singh, he was propping up the Justin Trudeau Liberals on every single issue, that this minority government was never in danger of falling. And so it is that Canadians of every political stripe are saying to themselves, why are we even in a federal election in the first place? Or is this really all about Justin Trudeau and his precious ego? Another point worth noting is the narrative that has emerged by those in the media party that this anger on the campaign trail is, quote, unprecedented, unquote. The journalists saying this are either ignorant jabronis or they are simply too young to know that the history of Canada began in 1867, not 1997. There are so many examples of emotional discourse on the hustings, and one of the prime examples is what happened in the summer of 1982. You see, Justin's father, Pierre Elliott, 
borrowed the Governor General's train car for a summertime trip out west. Trudeau's three sons were along for the trip too, including the then 10-year-old Justin. At the time, inflation was rampant, unemployment was surging, and Trudeau's national energy program was devastating Alberta's energy sector. The optics were brutal. Here was Prime Minister Trudeau, like some modern-day Marie Antoinette, touring the beleaguered western provinces in a luxury rail car. So it was hardly surprising that Trudeau met with a hostile crowd of protesters in Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Ever the statesman, Pierre responded with a raised middle finger, which would later become known as the Trudeau salute. Now at that point, protesters began hurling vegetables at the rail car, and that became a trend. Outside Calgary, eggs rained down on the Trudeau rain car. Those without foodstuffs to throw would moon the passing rail car. In Sudbury, Ontario, things got so bad that hundreds of protesters assembled to throw rocks at the train, smashing some of the rail car's windows in. In any event, at one point, the train was covered in so much vegetable residue that it was nicknamed the Caesar Salad Special. The point is, on the 2021 campaign trail, there's been no vandalism. Neither Justin nor his buses have been pelted with vegetables or eggs or rocks. Nobody's even mooned him, to the best of my knowledge. It's just been some harsh language and a few impolite signs. But to the members of Justin Trudeau's media party, we are living through a period of infamy. Gee, maybe the reaction to Justin Trudeau might be a little less hostile if the Prime Minister wasn't so obsessed with taxing hardworking Canadians into insolvency. That's what the rank and file of the media party simply failed to understand. Unlike them, the vast majority of Canadians aren't being bribed by Justin Trudeau to be shameless shills for the Liberal Party of Canada. The anger is real and it is justifiable. If Trudeau and his state-sponsored sluggos can't take the heat, maybe they should all just get out of the political kitchen. Well, folks, recently we brought you this story of MPP Rick Nichols. He's the MPP for Chatham-Kent Leamington. He was faced with an ultimatum by the Doug Ford government, which was essentially he had to get double jabbed or he would be fired from caucus. Well, a while back he gave a press conference one hour before the deadline, and here is what Rick had to say. For personal reasons together with my wife Diane of 44 years, I made the personal decision not to inoculate with the COVID-19 vaccine. I took the Premier at his word that vaccination is a choice and that all Ontarians have a constitutional right to make such a choice. Three days ago, I received a call from the campaign manager for the Ontario PC 2022 re-election campaign. Unfortunately, in a demeaning tone, 
this individual threatened that I will be expelled from the Ontario PC caucus if I do not vaccinate by 5 p.m. today. Expulsion means leaving the government benches and may result in the loss of my office as Deputy Speaker. Now, over the past 10 years, I've always strived to do the right thing. For the last 18 months, I watched with great sadness not only the effect of COVID, but the remarkable health, mental impacts, and economic toll on our government's pandemic response. I watched members of my own family lose their entire livelihood and suffer tremendous toll to their mental health. I have voiced my concerns about our policy privately to the Premier and to the Ontario PC Caucus. But under no circumstances will I, nor should any Ontarian, be forced or coerced to do something against their will. To do so is an affront to the democratic principles of this magnificent institution. And sure enough, um, uh, Premier Ford did indeed order Mr. Nichols out of caucus. But folks, there is an epilogue to this story, and it's almost unbelievable. So I'd like to welcome back uh, Rick Nichols once again. And Rick, uh, so good to see you, my friend. Um, <clears throat> you took a principled decision about what you wanted into your body, and you paid the price by being yet another MPP in the Progressive Conservative Caucus, being kicked out of caucus. But then to add insult to injury, you got in touch with me and you had a meeting with House Leader uh, Paul Calandra. And what did he say to you, my friend? Well, first of all, David, thank you for allowing me back on Rebel News once again. Uh, my principal decision has probably cost me my political career. But you know what? Uh, I've always been one to be upfront, honest, and always wanting to do the right thing, not just for myself. It's not about me. This is about people who, in fact, are really concerned about, you know, getting what uh, has been described as the jabs and so on. But uh, with regards to uh, my my former government house leader, Paul Calandra, uh, Paul, Paul called me up and he said, Rick, I don't need answers from you right now. But when you go back, you know that your position currently is the deputy speaker of the Ontario Legislative Assembly. And apparently the NDP don't want me to be the deputy speaker of the Ontario Legislative Assembly. Now, they're really making a bunch of noise. And of course, he suggested to me there were some options available, in fairness to Paul, one of them which was <clears throat> I could just simply, uh, as I would describe it, jump on my horse and ride off into the sunset quietly and uh, undisturbingly. Uh, that's not part of my, no pun intended, but my DNA uh, with regards to this. And uh, so at this point, I'm giving very uh, careful consideration as to whether I just want to go quietly or do I really want to make a, a bit of a, make this an issue? Because I think, again, I asked, what are the reasons why they don't want me as a deputy speaker because I'm very well known and uh, in many cases, uh, you know, appreciated and liked in the legislature. And they said, well, because he's not vaccinated. Well, I've got news, you know, for them. 
they say, well, I, I could be a risk to them. Well, guess what? They could be a risk to me. What's really changed ever since we started talking about uh, this this idea of mandatory vaccinations? We were, we've been meeting in the legislature for, for months prior to in different cohorts, and I've been in the speaker's chair, and now all of a sudden they're on this bandwagon well, they get rid of him because he's a threat to our health and safety. Nothing's changed. It's just that all of a sudden, other media, uh, mainstream media, are advocating and pushing the fact that, oh, my goodness, there's vax versus unvax and so on. So that's a, that's a reason for not wanting me there. And they have threatened. They have threatened to get up and walk out if I'm in the speaker's chair. Well, I just say, well... Uh, Enjoy your walkout, you know, uh, if I'm in the speaker's chair. So that's kind of the predicament that I'm in right now. But it won't really uh, shake out until, well, until we go back on the 13th of September. And, and Rick, it gets worse than that, because didn't you tell me that if you don't uh, <clears throat> resign and uh, ride out on that horse into the sunset, <clears throat> that uh, Mr. Calandra... Uh, was uh, allegedly told by members of the opposition that they will pursue an impeachment of you to get you out that way. Is is, is that correct? Yeah, that's that's actually quite correct. Um, impeachment, I believe, is not really a term used in uh, you know, our parliamentary system uh, because I talked with the uh, with our with our clerk, uh, Mr. Todd Decker, and Todd uh, was wonderful. He explained a lot of situation or circumstances, situations to me. But uh, yeah, they they could they could uh, try to force me out, uh, and I don't think that that's justified at all. And, and Rick, how often has that happened in the history of Ontario? Uh, this will be a first. This would first be a time. first. Yeah, wow. now there have been situations. I'm sorry, David. Uh, there have been situations where, in fact, a, a speaker or a deputy speaker, <clears throat> excuse me, for whatever reasons, uh, has chosen to step down. So they would then write a letter of resignation and jump on their horse and ride off into the sunset. Uh, but for this one, this, uh, you know, if they're forcing me uh, and I'm resisting them, then this is a first. Rick, this is incredible to me. Uh, I mean, you're going to be the answer. If this goes through, you'll be the answer to a trivia question. Who was the first uh, MPP <laughs> forced out of uh, the Ontario legislature? Uh, answer Rick Nichols. And then the follow-up question, um, why was he forced? What kind of egregious scandal was he involved with? Well, he made a personal choice about an experimental vaccine, if you will, going into his body. Uh, you know, Rick, you stood up for your principles. You paid an enormous price, i.e. you're out of caucus, as you said earlier, probably the end of your political career, given that it's unlikely you're going to run again next year as an independent. Why are the opposition members wanting to kick you while you're down? And why in the world would Paul Calandra simply not tell them, take a long walk off a short pier. The Doug Ford conservative, progressive conservatives are a majority government. They don't have to be at the beck and calling of, the, of these opposition leaders. What is the unspoken story here, Rick? Well, <clears throat> I think also uh, uh, Paul Calandra had mentioned to me, Rick, what they could do uh, to really force the issue. We have something called opposition day motions. And that's why the, their opposition day motions are usually something that is designed to make the government look bad. And, and they they get out there and they huff and they puff and they're going to, you know, blow the legislature down. And, uh, and but 
whether that that motion passes or not really doesn't matter because it's an opposition day motion and it doesn't it, it we don't have to do anything about it uh, with this one <clears throat> i'm my understanding is is that uh, uh they will continue to bring up opposition day motions uh, until uh, until in fact it it does pass and at which point in time then the uh, and, and when it passes that means that there's probably going to be some from the pc caucus uh, we know the liberals and the and the NDP, uh, you know, have stated that they want me out as well. And again, for for what reason? Because I am exercising, you know, my rights, uh, my constitutional rights to uh, not uh, have a an experimental drug injected into my body. And so, whatever happens from that, if it does pass, then it will then be up to uh, the the government house leader to decide what actions that he will take. And uh, we'll have to see just whether or not uh, caucus is on board with that or not. I At this point in time, I, I don't know. But I would hope that they would still stand up even for a former former colleague uh, based on principle, because that's oh, I- what I did. I, I stood up on principles as well. I would hope so too, Rick. But as far as the members of the opposition are concerned, do, the, do you think it's a matter where they legitimately fear you being in the house as a safety risk, a modern day typhoid Mary because you didn't get double jabbed? Or is this really all about political hay? They're just trying to create a bogus scandal so that they can uh, go on and on about their love and affection for vaccine passports and people getting uh, the double jab. What do you think it is? That's political, purely political. Uh, I, I think that, uh, and, and, and I mean, I do have some friends on the, uh, on the opposite side and I consider them friends. Uh, and I'm sure that they're somewhat uh, comprom- feeling compromised because they have to vote the way in which uh, their leader uh, has uh, wants them to vote, and and that that is probably problematic for them. Uh, again, the uh, the situation. I think they just want to make some political noise. They don't. I believe they don't understand the implication of uh, you know. If they say, well, this has to be mandatory, then where does it stop? Everybody in Queens Park mandatory vaccines. Where does it stop? Mayor John Tory you know, stating that the public and public servants uh, for the city of Toronto all must be vaccinated uh, or else kind of gave an ultimatum there. And now other companies are joining. Where does it stop? It began, It's a slippery slope. And uh, you've got many colleges and universities saying the same thing. So they're holding students ransom uh, because of the fact that, well, if you don't want to get the jab, then you can't attend class, in-person classes. Well, that's not fair. That's not demo- democracy at all. And they're saying, and the, but they, they position it as a guide to, we have to ensure that our employees are safe. I get that. But what's changed from before all of this became an issue, you know, uh, to, to now? What's changed other than now they're talking about it? And I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. You know, I was I was as much of a, a, a risk or a danger, if, if they want to use the, that term, back when I was sitting in the speaker's chair, even during the um, summer months and back into uh, May and June and, and April, I was much of a risk then as I am now. Yeah. And now, again, what I don't know is the protocols going into Queen's Park as to whether or not I'll have to be tested. Well, you know what? If I have to be tested, okay, I'll, I'll be tested. And if, I, if I'm if i negative, then I'm allowed in. And my understanding is they cannot prohibit 
a sitting, an elected sitting member access into the Ontario Legislative Assembly. That is just, and if they try, that is just wrong. And they shouldn't be trying that. And again, all they're trying to do is score some political points. But again, they're only talking, I think, to, the, to their base. That's my side of the story. Incredible, Rick. And, and I, I got to ask, um, surely the buck stops with Premier Doug Ford, one would think. He is the Premier. Um, a month ago, he said that he wasn't in, va- in favor of a, uh, a vaccine passport for Ontario. He didn't want to create a two-tier citizenship in this province. And now the rumblings are, well, folks, it's coming. What's made him change his mind on this? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of how he's flip-flopped. A, uh, he's done a complete 180 in, in the space of a month, Rick. Well, again, I, I believe that uh, Premier Ford, uh, he has a lot of different advisors who have their own opinions. And uh, and he and I actually uh, spoke yesterday, uh, had, a, had a really nice uh, chat discussion. We talked about this very thing. And we also talked about the, the importance of utilizing discernment when you are listening to other people. Because some of the ideas, and some people may try to speak louder than others, and try to influence one's decision, because ultimately the buck does stop with Premier Ford. But I'm very, very concerned about the direction of these these uh, uh, vaccine passports. I think that uh, that, is a, that is a true affront to our democracy, a true affront to our freedoms. I think that uh, we need to, like, who cares? Yeah. People said to me, Rick, are you vaccinated? I answered, honestly, no, I'm not. But the truth be told, it's none of their business. It's none of their business. And, yeah. and, and if, uh, you know, sporting events, and then where's it going to stop from there? You know, we're, we're baseball season right now, we have hockey season coming up. And then where does it stop? Well, everybody has their vaccine passports. Oh, what does that mean? Well, that means that perhaps uh, they can't go into department stores. They can't go to a lot of places. And next thing you know, oh, you can't even go to the grocery store unless you show that your proof. So they, what they want is, a, I mean, I'm understanding is that there's a, an app that you can put on your phone. And I mean, who knows? I mean, this whole thing is escalating almost out of control. And we have to put the brakes on. We oh, need I, to put the brakes on. I agree, Rick. Well, maybe part of the solution is maybe you should uh, get yourself decked out in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform uh, and then you'd qualify for a national interest exemption. And like I said uh, during our our first interview a while back, um, so much for that chestnut that the feminists have long said for decades now with the abortion debate, my body, my choice, it has morphed into uh, uh, your body, government's choice. It is just astonishing. We got to wrap it with one quick question. I know you want to really weigh in on this. It's uh, sort of not on the, uh, the, well, I guess it is connected, but the Toronto Star published an egregious front page several days ago, uh, basically with the suggestion that, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you die. Um, too bad, so sad. Well, not really. Um, that's not what they said literally, but that was the, the thrust of it. Uh, Rick, you, I know you wanted to weigh in on that Toronto Star article and, and the way they're now kind of dialing it back because the uproar was incredible. Uh, what do you have to say about that article? 
when I when I saw the front page and then I saw uh, a few back pages uh, with regards to that, I, I I read it and I went, I've read this before. And I think what they did is they picked that up off of a Facebook posting by uh, a healthcare worker that was extremely frustrated. I understand the frustration, but for them, a national newspaper to actually put that on their front page or uh, of uh, of the Toronto Star is egregious. I think that uh, that is hate propaganda because it would be taken many, many different ways. And now all of a sudden, it sounds to me like they're trying to pit vaxxed against unvaxxed people. You'd be saying that we, we, we are the ones that are, the unvaxxed people are the ones that are creating, causing the illnesses and the disease. Well, hold on a minute. Didn't we hear that uh, even those vaccinated can still get COVID and give COVID, can still get the variant and still give the variant? Mm. So come on, people, it's a two-way street. Let's not have that, that double standard. So I really went after the uh, star, wrote to the uh, to one of their head people regarding public opinions, and uh, the nice thing about it was, and I got a hold of a lot of my people, sent emails in. Well, they got over 4,000. That's not all because of me. And I'll, I, please, let's make that clear. But they got over 4,000 uh, responses, people that just just totally upset uh, with regards to, you know, how that came across. And uh, to the star, what the star did is they, they, they dialed it back. Well, said, yeah, we, we've made a mistake. And that was in Sunday's paper. Well, that's good to hear that some uh, common sense took root because uh, I, I think you're right, Rick. I mean, if we replaced unvaccinated people with any other kind of identifiable group, be it a minority, be it a religious group, you name it, and said, yeah, if they die, I don't care, uh, too bad, um, that would be hate speech. And the left is all about hate speech. But apparently, if um, in the in our society today, if you're unvaccinated, it's almost as though they're saying good riddance, uh, you're, you're out of the herd. It was, as you said, just an absolutely egregious article. And it's good to see that they're dialing it back. But in the future, Rick, we're going to keep an eye that the House uh, is going to be sitting in less than two weeks. And um, we are going to watch very closely what happens to you in terms of you being uh, removed. Uh, I don't think that should happen. You've already paid your price. You stood up for your principal. Last word goes to you, my friend. Well, again, I just and I thank you, David. You know what I would like to say is that uh, uh, this this is for me. It's this is all about choice, and people should have choice. I mean, I've even challenged and, and questioned uh, our medical people uh, on when I was back in caucus as to just how safe are these vaccines for children. And now they're saying that well, a child doesn't have to have consent of a parent. Excuse me, you know that is so wrong, and and whatnot. So again, for my my argument is choice. And, um, and, and if someone chooses to get the vaccine, that's their choice. I choose not to. That's my choice. You know, and, and let's, let's just agree to disagree. So I, I, am, I don't want to see this, this divide between the vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. I think that's wrong. And I think that the, uh, the vaccine passport is totally wrong. That is not the way to go because people will start getting, when they get the app, they'll start getting, you know, dings on their phone. It's time for you to get your, uh, time to get your booster shot every six months. And if you don't get it, then they could expire your, your, uh, your, 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 your sheet that says that you've been vaccinated. Anyway, that's that, you know, you, some people might say, well, that's, that's conspiracy theory. Uh, I just don't want to see that ever happen at all. We've got to put a stop to this now and with your help and with the help of everybody else, David, you know, we can put a stop to this, this insanity 
this insanity. Hey, COVID is real. Variants are real. Let's deal with it and let's move on. We're going to be heading into the flu season. And I, what I found out was that flu, uh, you know, when you, when you have flu symptoms, it's very similar to the variant. How do you decide between the two? Oh, well, let's just call it, oh, it's the variant. It's not flu. Yeah. I, I have a challenge with that. Well, Rick, uh, I think you're right. I, I think uh, the COVID-19 saga is very quickly becoming the never-ending story. It's never going to go away. Sir, I want to thank you uh, very much for taking the time to speak with us. And like I said, we'll be watching what happens to you in the days ahead. Good day, sir. Thank you, David. Good day. folks thanks so much for watching the big boss man ezreal event he'll be back here tomorrow in the meantime stay sane